0: Let's face it, living takes guts, and living a full life takes a lot of guts. Igniting Courage podcast is the place you can come to get a blast of courage from real people who are clawing their way through life just like you are. We're going to talk about big courage and also little daily courage. You'll hear people's opinions on how to build courage and how to summon it when you would rather join the circus and never be heard from again. So welcome. I'm glad you had the guts to show up for this conversation. Thank you for joining me on Igniting Courage podcast episode 85. In this episode, I interview Barb Holbrook, yogi, mother, and generally great human, and somebody who's leading a considered life, which especially right now with everything going on with the pandemic and with the racial inequality being at the front of the news, which is where it belongs... Living a considered life is a really important thing to be able to make change. We talk about internal advocacy and external advocacy. We talk about self-care that really fills your cup back up rather than draining you. So listen in, get some great tips on the courage to think differently about things so they benefit you and the world even more. Thank you so much for joining me, Barbara Holbrook. How are you today?
1: I am very well, Anne Bonnie, and that comes with a huge asterisk, because I don't know if anybody on the planet is fully very well right now, but short-term, I am very well.
0: Excellent, excellent point. We are, uh, we're
1: living in some funky times
0: here during the pandemic, during the whole racial situation in the world, um, and a perfect time to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is courage, specifically around self-awareness and restoration, reflection, rest. Um, and the importance of that. So, before we kick off that, you brought up an interesting point as we were chatting before the episode, and it was around the difference between courage and bravery. And that's something that we haven't ever really talked about here on Igniting Courage podcast. What is the difference between courage and bravery in your mind?
1: Well, in my mind, the difference is that bravery is something that lives in our heart, and courage is something that lives in our head. So, bravery to me, is something inherent to human beings, it's inherent to who we are. And it kind of implies to me that you don't have fear, you don't see risk, you don't weigh pros and cons, you just do the next right thing without really thinking it through, without thinking through the consequence. Courage on the other hand, to me, like I said, it lives in the head. So you weigh the risks, you see the pros and cons, you feel the fear and you make a conscious decision to think, say, or do the thing anyway. Hmm. Oh, I like that. And that's, uh, that's the way I define courage here too,
0: is feeling the fear, but doing it anyway, which is what makes it challenging. Right?
1: Right. Right. But bravery, I mean, I've had situations in my life where people have said, Oh, that was so courageous. And I'm thinking, I didn't see it as courage because fear was never a factor. It might've been ignorance to the fear. (laughs) You know, but it was yeah. just oh that's just the thing I did because that was the next right step. that was the thing that made sense to do yeah,
0: right. so what situation requires courage from you
1: in present time today, the courage comes in consciously thinking about how I want to show up every single day mm-hmm. um, i'm I'm a yogi i've been you know I've been a yogi off and on for twenty years, but a few years ago, I really made the commitment to have a daily practice i did a 500 hour teacher certification i i am steeping myself in this and to me that's that encapsulates the difference between bravery and courage if we can go down a path for a minute the first time i got on my mat as part of my daily practice that was bravery that was this is the next right thing to do i was rehabbing bilateral hip replacement and i was done with physical therapy and yoga was there and it was physically challenging but it made sense and so i committed I was brave and I got on my yoga mat every day. I don't know if you've practiced a lot of yoga, but it messes with your head. It changes you. It messes with your body, but it also messes with your head. And it's, it's more of an internal practice than an external one. And at some point in the process, I started to make a connection between what I was doing on my mat and what I was feeling and what was showing up in my life and the different emotions and the different energy that I was handling And I had to make a choice. Am I going to continue to do this or am I going to back away? Because it got a lot deeper. It got a lot deeper. It got a lot more real. It brought up the physical practice, brought up things that were stored in my cells. The the issues are in the tissues. So as I was moving my body and, and accessing different ways of moving my body, I was bringing up repressed memories, unprocessed feelings, all of these things that yoga can do for you if you're open to that. And it was challenging. That work is not easy. If it was, everybody would do it, right? So as as the practice changed and as the practice changed me, it became a conscious choice to continue to go into it, to go deeper, to keep doing that work, to feel the fear about am I am I going to hit a point where something so big comes up that I can't handle it? Probably not. So I'm just going to keep going.
0: Mm. But that courage comes in because you—it's getting uncomfortable now. <laughs> it's right. Not just the next thing—it's like, oh wait a minute, this I don't like this.
1: <laughs> right, and it's funny that you use that word uncomfortable. One of my teachers—we were talking about a particular style of yoga, and she said, "Well, the whole purpose of that is to teach you how to be comfortable in uncomfortable positions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like physically or emotionally. Both. Ah, but there are certain practices in yoga that are physically demanding, and they're designed to make you physically uncomfortable or even to elicit almost a sense of pain and you develop the ability you practice breathing through it you practice detaching from it because yoga teaches us that nothing is permanent not our pleasure not our pain so if you know it's not permanent and you know you can breathe through it how comfortable can you get in an uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. And that is so flipping handy right now because mm-hmm. uncomfortable positions seem to be on every street corner in the country, literally. Yeah, right.
0: Well, and, and just to do anything of substance in life, we have to get uncomfortable and do those things, which is why... I started this podcast in the first place. But you're talking specifically about the internal work and that self-reflection. You know, right now, you and I talked about this a second ago, it's really easy to look at all the things that are wrong out there. But looking at what and what you said was how can I show up every single day the way I want to intentionally show up means you're looking at yourself. So talk to me about a little bit about the courage that comes with self-reflection and Mm self-awareness.
1: I'm going to get a little woo if that's okay. Go Uh for it. There are definitely things in this life, in this three-dimensional plane that are beyond our control. We, are all, we all exist within systems and circumstances where we are not the only deciding factor. Agreed? hmm Yep. And yet, within that, and we've had examples of this all through history, you know, Nelson Mandela comes to mind, but there have been examples in every generation all over the planet Within those systems and circumstances, there remains something within us individually, internally, that is untouched by all of that, that is unstruck by all of that, that is not subject to the whims of the temperature around us. When you take up a practice like yoga, and there are lots of other spiritual practices, but this is the one I'm. the universe is pushing on me right now, so this is the one I'm living in. When you take up a practice like yoga, you learn to go in and connect to that untouched part of yourself. You learn to tap into that energy that flows through everything that is not disrupted by what's happening around us. And you practice going there. And then you practice taking that out into the world with you. So there's a, there's a, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, like a sort of a purification, like a spiritual cleansing. You have to go in and do your own work and find that within yourself. So then you have something of value to contribute and bring out. Otherwise you run the risk of, you know, if you're going into a crazy upended wild energy and you're not centered and grounded, you're going to match that energy it's gonna light up in you all of the crazy, uncentered groundedness that you, you carry with you. And then you're just adding to that field of resonance. You're adding to that vibration. If you are so centered and grounded and clear about who you are and the truth of your being and that inner calm, then you bring that to the craziness. And then a really beautiful thing happens. First of all, that craziness doesn't make you crazy. Secondly, that peacefulness and that calm resonates with that peacefulness and calm within other people and with some people it's closer to the surface than others but you create a different kind of resonance that then starts to shift the whole field
0: Hmm. from a from a very basic level i think you're talking about this from a very much deeper place where you find that through meditation, through yoga, but I'm finding a parallel to when I left my corporate job and went off on my own. And I was freaking out and reactive at first because I didn't have that title. I didn't have that external label. I had to figure out who this person was in order to find that calm in creating my business. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of, I mean, that's a sort of a more surface level example, but is that kind of what you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly one of the ways that that shows up in the world. Right. And what shifted for you when you found that calm, right? It's like everything, there's still challenges. There's still obstacles to overcome, but you have the resources to meet them and overcome them. Right. Like, like here's another example that, that I know you can relate to. You've run marathons. Yeah. When you train for a marathon, do you go hard every single day? Heck no. <laughs> like, like, talk to me for just a brief moment about the physical benefits of a rest day.
0: Oh man, no question. Like the rest day gives you a good run the next time.
1: Right, because there's, there's, your body needs to rebuild. Your muscles need to rebuild. You, you need to rest so that things can come back stronger. Your nervous system is just like your muscular system. So if you're running your nervous system 26.2 every single day, what's gonna happen? Like a practice like yoga or meditation, and this is where things like restorative yoga, mm. like I used to laugh at restorative yoga. I was like, oh my God, laying still for 20 minutes and not moving and being alone with my thoughts. Are you kidding me? What good is that gonna do to me? That's not like that's not good for anybody, right? But a practice like restorative yoga is like a rest day for your nervous system. Mm. So you get, and it's different than sleep, it's different than you know, Netflix and, and ice cream. You're consciously relaxing everything. You're, you're downgrading your nervous system and giving it time to reorganize itself. So then the next time it's tapped, it's functioning better. You know, it's like changing the oil in your car, like all of that, we have all of these maintenance metaphors. And I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that our nervous systems need maintenance too. Mm. Well,
0: and and you hear so often people saying, you know, you need to do self-care, you need to take time for yourself, you need to and that's essentially what you're saying here is if we don't take that time to rest and have the courage to stop and rest,
1: we blow up. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And and you know, and it's funny, the The more I listen to, to people in the wellness space, the more I listen to yogis, the more I listen to, you know, Black and Indigenous people of color who have been in the activism space for a long time, the more important it becomes to really practice good self-care. And by self-care, I don't mean the industry of self-care. I mean the real practices of self-care, the real things that go into the care and feeding of a healthy human being, mind, body, and spirit.
0: So what is that? I mean, in this time where everything externally is, is blowing up around us and, and, you know, our beliefs are being challenged and our the way we interact in society is being challenged on several levels, what is that real self-care look like?
1: I think it looks like a lot of different things. I think it looks different for different people, depending on where you're at in your path. Um, But I think the first thing that I would say is let those beliefs be challenged. Mm -hmm. Really there's an acceptance and you can't get to acceptance without going through a lot of other things, but you know, on some level, you have to be willing to pick your head up and put your shoulders down and take a deep breath and go, Okay, this is a shit show. I like can't to, to name <laughs> yep, it. Yep. Can I say can I say that here? Oh yes,
0: shit show. We're well well versed in shit show here at uh, Igniting Courage
1: podcast. <laughs> right? So you have to be willing to admit it first of all because you can't fix or heal something that you don't acknowledge is broken. And then you really have to and this is where the courage part comes in. There are pros and cons. There are risks to, to, to having boundaries. There are, there's a risk to saying, I'm not going to work 60 hours a week right now. Sorry, boss. I don't have 60 hours to give this job. There's a risk to saying, I'm not going to volunteer the way I have been volunteering for years and years and years. There's a risk to saying, I'm exhausted and I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. People will see you differently. Some people will applaud that, but there are people who will judge that. You have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with having healthy boundaries. And then you really have to challenge the narrative like we are programmed, we're surrounded 24/7 by what I think of as the industry of wellness, right? And it's and mm-hmm. especially for women, we are programmed to think that buying really nice workout clothes and and showing up and doing a workout and drinking the green juice is is self-care.
0: Well, doesn't mani-pedi also mean self-care too, Barbara?
1: Absolutely. Don't you I mean, I'm too ticklish for pedicures, but don't you? Do no, but I mean, it, self-care is every, you know, if it, if you're doing it for show, if you're getting the mani-pedi because you're afraid that somebody's going to judge you if you wear natural nails, then no, it's not self-care. Right. 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 It, yeah. it, it's not self-care. If you're doing it for someone else, if you're doing it for appearance, yeah, it's going to make you feel pampered, but it's not going to, it's not going to fulfill a deep need within yourself. It's not going to refill your cup so that you have more to give from. Right. Right. And and like, if it makes you feel good, do it. Right, but, but slapping self-care on everything so that people can sell you things, mm-hmm. I, I get twitchy about that.
0: Well, and it, and it goes back, and this is something that I've learned being an entrepreneur, it goes right back to what you were saying about finding that internal fortitude or sense of self or strength that gives you that glow inside that makes it okay to say, you know what, that might work for you, but that doesn't work for me. And you can judge me or you can say, you know, whatever, but- I'm fine here because I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. So it's all connected, right?
1: Right, right. There's a depth there that that you have to be honest about. And you have to be willing to say that you have to be willing to be open to the fact that it's going to change over time. Mm, yes. That you fill your cup might not fill your cup anymore because your cup is going to get bigger. <laughs> right? Right.
0: Um and, and like you said, I mean it changes. I find that I don't have the emotional capacity right now. I get upset a little quicker. I get, you know, frustrated a little more quickly. You know, it's all based on everything else that's going around. And even though, you know, I've got that base in myself, I still, right now, I'm not quite as, my cup's a little smaller right now.
1: Right, right. And your, your response meter is higher. Like we're all running around. Like if, if, if our ability to respond thoughtfully is on a scale of one to 10, we're all running around at 11 and a half right now.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Our nervous systems, even though some of us have been home and and there's a lot of really good things that came out of this whole COVID thing. I think there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I haven't done that for two months and I haven't missed it. Maybe I don't need to add it back in. Mm. Um, But I, I, you know, we're, we're surrounded 24-7 by this loop of news that's designed to rev us up. And so if you're running around with your nervous system constantly jacked up, then it doesn't take very much to tip you over the edge. Right. You know, you've got you've to fill the, the good cup, the, the, the restorative cup, the cup that that connects you to your truth and fills you up with good things. You also have to remember to dump the cup that collects the junk. Mm-hmm. How, right? do the hmm? how do you dump the cup? How do you dump the cup?
0: I mean, is that kind of, it's a self care. It's the same thing, right? Or is it looking at the things that are bad for your cup, <laughs> and not bringing them back in? Is that right, right.
1: I get so messed up with the metaphor <laughs> sometimes. And that metaphor on top of metaphor. Um, you dump the cup by, being brutally honest about what is in that cup. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. Right? If that relationship is in the cup that needs to be dumped, like, you know, if there's there's a pivotal relationship in your life that is in the wrong cup, you got to be honest about that. If your career Mm. is in the wrong cup, Mm. if your physical health, the, the habits that you do to maintain your physical health or maintain your physical body are in the wrong cup
0: <laughs> right yeah right exactly and that takes courage to dump the cup oh amen That's crazy right cuz we the, the bad stuff in our cup is the stuff we know at least we know
1: what it is right right and it requires mm. it requires fortitude it requires strength it requires all of those things but it also to to dump the cup sometimes requires tremendous trust and faith Mm, yes right yes and and that's another thing and this is this is another one of those windy tangents but for me in my personal journey that's another thing that yoga has given me is greater trust and faith that you know there is something bigger than me there is something to which I can surrender. There is a sense of organization and orderliness to the universe. There is a divine creative energy animating it all that is not self-destructive. It's it's self-perpetuating. It's self-healing. It's self-correcting. And I'm part of that. Mm. My... Cells, my bones, my blood, my brain—the crazy thoughts in my head—are all part of that universal energy that is programmed to not just survive but to thrive. Mm.
0: Yeah, and that's such a hard thing. I, you know, this this COVID nineteen thing. I've been reading a lot about weight loss and I- intuitive eating and all of this, and it's we have this need to control everything. Mm -hmm. And what you're talking about is having the courage to trust that'll be okay, even if we
1: don't control everything. Right. And the key to that is to start small. Ah. Right? Don't just wake up one day and say, I renounce everything and I'm going to (laughs) quit my job and I'm just going to eat whatever I want because that's what my intuition tells me. Like. No. <laughs> you start with the little things and you give yourself little wins along the way and you build the ability to trust. Mm. You build the ability to have that faith and then you can take bigger and bigger risks. Your you know your courage your your courage transforms into bravery. Because you get out of your head and you get into your heart. And so you don't feel as much fear. You don't see as much fear. It doesn't, you you see it in a different way. You see it from a distance. It's not within you. Yeah. But you don't start there. Just like to bring it back to the marathon, you don't decide to run a marathon and get off your couch and go 25 miles as a training run. If you're like me, you start with a couch to 5K and you run for 30 seconds and then you walk or you (laughs) run for 10 seconds and then you walk, you know, like you start where you're at and you have the courage with yourself to say, okay, here's where I'd like to think I'm at, but here's where I'm really at. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well that's and again once you've had the courage to kind of have that self-awareness to say okay here's what's wearing me out here's what is filling my cup unnecessarily and just leaving sludge at the bottom of my cup just to beat this metaphor a little bit more. I love it. But I, but I love it because dumping the cup is just like okay there's something in there that's not working. Like yes there are things that stress you out. For example, Saturday I had an angry day. I tend to hold up all my negative emotions, and then they all come out at once. And mother nature rained out a bike ride that I was supposed to do with my dad and it just set me off. Everything was wrong with the world. I was mad at my partner. I was mad at the public. I was mad at mother nature. I mean, I was mad at everything. But once I started... Sort of dissecting it and looking at what is breaking me down? What is stressing me out unnecessarily? What do I have some influence over? What can I be a part of? All of those things that were causing some frustrations were justifiable things that are just frustrating and it was okay. But I've had other times where I come across stuff where I'm like, there's the sludge in the bottom of the cup. Mm. that's where, you know, like Saturday was good because I came out like, okay, good. Everything's sparkly and happy, even though it's not sparkly happy. I'm okay with everything that's in the cup. But it's when you find the sludge at the cup that uh at the bottom of the cup
1: that something's gonna change. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and and I don't wanna I don't wanna be like one of those spiritual, you know, light washers who says, Oh, if you just do yoga and meditate, you won't ever get frustrated anymore because <laughs> you will because you're healing you don't get frustrated ever though do you never absolutely <laughs> never never. <laughs> I am above all <laughs> I'm of that see my face right now <laughs> um, yeah no and that's and that's you know I think there's this there's this picture out there that like Oh, they do yoga, they meditate, they're so spiritual, they don't get frustrated. Well, yeah, there are people like that. You know why they don't get frustrated? Because they just sit in their mountaintop cave and they don't interact with the rest of the world. Right? Right. 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 And we need those people on the planet. Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against the monks on the mountaintops. Like, I'm so glad they're there holding down that energy, like holding down that corner. But for the rest of us, we, we have we got shit to do. We've right. got to we've got systems to dismantle. We've got groceries to buy. Yeah. We've got you know, patriarchy to smash. We've got lawns to mow. I mean, all of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we can't do any of it effectively if we're just going to go out to that energy and match that energy.
0: Mm. So you brought up an interesting point, um, patriarchies to smash and racial inequalities to fix where do you think self-awareness and courage comes in specifically right now in the external community that we live in? Because this is all tied in as well, right? We've got all these external forces dealing with the internal forces, but we've also got to deal with it individually.
1: Right, right. So I'm going to preface all of this by saying I'm a fairly privileged white woman. This is the lens through which I see this and I can't speak for, you know, I I can only speak for myself and I'm gonna speak imperfectly. I know I'm gonna screw this up. I think right now in this moment, today on June 1st, 2020, with everything that is happening, this is a call to action for both internal activism and external activism. And I think there are so many well intentioned people that will rush to the external activism without doing the deep internal work that it takes to show up in that space in the right frame of mind.
0: Mm. So, what does internal activism mean? I've never heard this term.
1: (laughs) Internal activism, for me right now, what it looks like is you know, I'm going to give just a little bit of background. I spent all of 2019 volunteering on a presidential campaign for a very non-traditional candidate. And, you know, she spoke very deeply about the psychological forces that are at work in these systems and the deep systemic problems in our country. A lot of them come out of capitalism, you know, all of the isms, but it fundamentally comes down to our priorities of putting money before everything else Mm. right that's this whole country is all about the profit and the dollar the people on the planet come second or third if that so for me the the internal activism has been to get really quiet and understand where i fit into all of this where do i prove where do i benefit from these systems Uh and what What am I willing to see differently? And what am I willing to give up to contribute to that change? And I've been very, very blessed to do that in community with other people who are doing the same thing. And some of them are so much farther along this path than I am, and some of them are just starting. And yet we all show up for each other and we hold space for some very challenging conversations. Um, but for me, the internal activism has just been about getting very, very honest with myself and then being, you know, being able to show up to like, let's, let's go with the race thing for a minute. There are so many amazing black women activists who have platforms and voices and I would listen to them and I couldn't really, it didn't really land and I feel like I'm becoming a better listener. And for me, that's been a huge part of the process is learning to listen to what black and indigenous people of color and women of color are saying without trying to respond, without mm. trying to react, without trying to show how much I understand, but really just listening and, and trying to take in what they're saying and understand that their experience and my experience are tied up together
0: and yet very very different
1: and are and yet are very very different yes. absolutely um, so for me that internal it's been a process of letting go of my need to look like I have it all together, to look like I understand, and being willing to just say, I don't know, but I'm willing to listen, and to be able to have conversations with other white people and say, I don't know, but this is what I think I'm hearing. How does that, you know, how do we process this? And then, you know, there's, at the same time, there's the systemic work of looking at you know, politics. Politics is just how we navigate our shared spaces. That's different than partisanship. Our political system, our economic system, they're set up in a way that dehumanizes people. It dehumanizes white people. It dehumanizes black and indigenous people of color even more. Mm -hmm. And so being able to then look at that system and go, okay, what needs to change there? And how can I affect change there? What do I need to think, say, and do to change that collective experience? So it's, it's both, and they both have to be happening right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think
1: that's another
0: place that takes courage to say, how am I contributing to this? And what can I do differently? What am I supporting that is that is contributing to this yeah the problems
1: right and being willing to say like i I just had this really amazing conversation with my 13 year old son today and he said you know mom i just i don't feel like i see skin color as something that makes people more or less valuable and i really like i really had to think about that for a minute and say okay i've heard that phrase i don't see color but now what i'm learning is that's actually that was helpful for a long time to get us from like point a to point b but now we need to go from point b to point c mm. which is somewhere i think in the realm of i do see color and it's beautiful the 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 variety and the depth and the richness that being a non-homogeneous society the potential for that is so beautiful and then there's
0: also the the less positive side of I understand how your experience may be different because of that color. Right,
1: right, exactly. And, you know, I, I hate to say that it's courageous to do that because honestly, like... Well, it shouldn't be, but... <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's not... It's It's something that I think makes us uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable but i've spent the last several years practicing how to be in uncomfortable situations so i Mm -hmm. feel like okay i can handle a little bit of discomfort and i can actively and this is this goes back to that internal activism i'm consciously seeking out situations that will make me less comfortable Now I'm balancing that with the fact that I'm a mom and I have young children and, you know, I don't want to just go, you know, I, I, there's a lot of factors there, but every day I'm trying to expose myself to something that challenges my comfort Mm -hmm. and makes me uncomfortable and makes me think about something differently. Um, even as I'm, you know, donating money to candidates who stand on platforms i believe in even as i'm going to join my neighbors today in a protest even as i'm you know giving what financial resources i can to organizations that are already in place and doing this work and to families who are deeply affected by what is happening you know i don't have a lot to give but i have something to give mm-hmm. right so it's you know it's this constant it's this constant give and take between what am i doing internally and what am i doing externally and what am I doing outside of all of that? Because you can't run 25 miles a day every single day. You have to take right. a rest. Yeah, really? right, right. So, you know, day-to-day life plus COVID plus race plus politics is all amplified stress and you show up for everything with all that. So where is, there, where is there ballast that I can chuck that I don't need to bring to these situations? Where mm-hmm. is there weight that I can let go of that doesn't have to come to the street corner with me, that doesn't have to come to the ballot box with me, that doesn't have to come to these conversations with me?
0: Yeah. So that you can show up in the conversation, like you said, and listen
1: unselfishly. Yeah. And, and I, some days I feel pretty good about oh, wow, that was really great. I'm glad I did that. And some days I'm like, oh, my God, I'm such a stereotypical Karen. When am I going to get this right?
0: <laughs> well, and I think that's an important piece of, you know, of all of this self, you know, improvement journey is having the courage to say, this is a journey. It's not a destination. I'm not just going to get there one day and be there all the time.
1: Like, that's not a human thing. right. But we just keep trying and we keep, and, you know, and to bring it back to yoga, that's what the mat is for. That's where you practice that. That's why yoga and meditation are called practices. You don't, it's not the same. It's different. Every time you show up to the mat, it's different. Your body is different. Your mind is different. The temperature is different. The what you eat for breakfast is different. What emotion you're feeling is different. All of that changes the experience on the mat. Mm -hmm. And the practice is big enough to absorb that. The practice is big enough to take all of that and to give you back. Like, I feel like my practice gives me back a better version of whatever I bring to it.
0: Yeah. So here's a question. I know a lot of people who try yoga or have tried it or are afraid of it and don't want to try it. And I feel like based on what you just said, that yoga gives you back so much. But when somebody's just starting out in yoga or just starting out in meditation, there's all so many barriers and walls and mindset thoughts and things that get in the way of getting to that point. So is there a piece of advice you would give somebody who decides, okay, I'm going to try meditation or I'm going to try yoga to help them get out of their own way to accept it being different every day, to accept it being a little uncomfortable, to accept not being able to bend as much as the pretzel next to you in the gym, you know? What piece of mindset advice would you give somebody who is getting in their own way right now from a yoga and meditation standpoint?
1: I would say, understand that that's all normal and be willing to see that differently. I'm not going to tell anybody how to see it. I'm just going to say that the willingness to see it differently, like you give that little bit of willingness up to the universe and the universe will go, oh, okay, I'll show you. Mm. And, and that's just being willing to be open. Be will, like, don't even be open. Just be willing to be open. Be willing mm-hmm. to explore. Be willing to accept. Be Just, just that little kernel of willingness is what's going to get you through the door to the studio or in this case to log (laughs) in to the zoom class or the video. Right. And, and honestly, this is so interesting. I've had this conversation with other yoga teachers. I've not spent a lot of time in yoga studios. I've had a daily yoga practice of, you know, at this point it's over three years, right? I mean, it's a thousand twenty-five days or something of getting on my mat every single day. Fewer than 50 of those have been in the company of other people.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not in a studio. I'm not in a gym practicing with other yogis. I started with the internet. I started with a video and a mat in my room. And I think that, ex- that the fact that that has been my experience of the practice, that it's been so, by myself and self-paced, I don't feel that sense of competition with the person on the mat next to me because sometimes the person on the mat next to me is my husband. Sometimes it's one of my kids. Usually it's my dog. Like (laughs) there's nobody in the room to compete with. Right. I I don't, it doesn't matter. And there's no teacher watching me. Mm. And, you know, I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to do what they're telling me to do. And I think that I'm starting to recognize as I talk to more yogis and I talk to more yoga teachers, that's been an incredible gift that the universe gave me. And it might not be an incredible gift for everyone. I have friends who like can't exercise by themselves because they're, they, just, they just can't. That's not how they're wired. But for me... The universe was like, yeah, you're way too competitive and you're a Virgo and you're way too much of a perfectionist. I can't put you in a studio with other people yet. Like you (laughs) need to go to your room and like do this on your own.
0: You can't be in
1: public. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like really you, you, you'll miss the whole point of it. Right. Because I'm so like, I'm competitive and I'm a little bit insecure and I want to do it right. And I want the gold star. And that's not what it's about. Mm.
0: And isn't that like, that's it right there. And that's the same thing that you were just saying about listening to people with the different life experience, different racial background, different cultural background is it's not about me making my situation like yours. It's, it's, it's about making it unique to each specific situation. It all ties together.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about, you know, who are you here to be? And how are you gonna show up? I don't know if you've you read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. She wrote this whole book about creativity, right? Yep, Some of it, yeah. And one of the things that she says is that there's, there's, there's this infinite array of creative things, these ideas that wanna come into the world. And they're, they're gonna to try to come in wherever they can right? They're going to come in through whatever conduit will let them. And so I think, you know, when I heard her say that, like the idea is going to try to come in through you. And if you don't let it in, it's going to go find somebody else to come in through. But if it it needs to be created, it's going to be created. For me, it's like, what wants to come in and be created through me? And, and can I be, present for that? And can I be open to that? Can I be willing to co-create with the universe? And not in a, like, tell the universe what you want, and then you get your way kind of co-creating, but can I just show up and go, okay, I'm, I'm the brush, you're the paint, let's go create something. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when she, when she said that idea is going to come in through you, or it's going to move on to somebody else that it can come in through. It, it, it made me think about just everything differently. Like we're constantly creating, we're creating our families, we're creating our home environment, we're creating our careers, we're creating our communities, we're creating every moment of every day, every breath is an act of creation. Are you doing it by yourself or are you tapping into like way better supplies and resources than you could ever have on your own? Right. Well, and it, and it
0: ties back to everything. Just being open to a new definition of whatever it is, whether it's yoga or race or, you know, self-care or who you are or what's working in your life is just being open to a new possibility.
1: Right. Right. Just being open, being willing, and then not being attached. When you do find one that works for you, definitely go all in, like enjoy it. Like let it consume you, consume it. But then like recognize when it's reached its logical end and you've outgrown it or it's outgrown you and be willing to say, okay, I gotta be open again. Like that was really working for a really long time and it felt really, really good. But I'm gonna be open to the next version of it. Like I'm, you you know, not attaching to, whatever it is that is working for you.
0: Right. Well, and that's why change is so hard for all of us because we get nice and comfortable. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. being in
1: public was really
0: great, but we're just not doing it anymore right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, Bart, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming in and giving me your perspective on courage and on, you know, self-care and doing that. I like that internal advocacy. I
1: think that's, that's so cool well thank you for opening up a space for things to come in through me honestly in some of this I I I was so nervous about doing this because well we talked about this before like put me in front of a room full of hundreds of people I'm fine put me one-on-one and I'm a you know I'm a hot mess but I was particularly nervous about this because of everything that's happening Mm -hmm. right now and not you know not feeling like you know, I wanted to make sure that I did this moment justice. And I almost called you, I almost called you this morning and said, Hey, can we push it out a few more days? And I thought, no, that's not what we're going to do here. We're going to show up and we're going to do our, I'm going to do my best to get out of the way and let something come in. And so honestly, is it sound like it's going to sound like a cop out, but I can't be held entirely responsible (laughs) for whatever just came out of my mouth in the last hour, because some of it, I'm not even sure you know. (laughs) Well, I mean, and that's another example of trusting, you know, you were nervous
0: about this and you were going to push it off. And then you said, you know what? No, let me trust. And from what I recall, everything that came out of your mouth was pretty great. So (laughs) I'm glad you decided to trust and share your perspectives with us. Um, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time and good luck. I'm glad you're going to the uh, protest this afternoon. I know we have one here in in Traverse City. So I'm going to go look that up and see what we can do.
1: Well, let's just all keep doing the next right thing, right? I love that too. The next right
0: thing.